0: amen amen well welcome to uh tonight to wednesday night hump day as they say but like milton always says i'm just glad we can be in the house of the lord a safe place a refuge i can get fed the word of god i can get into his presence i can hear his voice amen so if we all don't mind just trying to come into the middle um if you don't mind, those are on the sides. Greatly appreciate it. We'll have some discussion and just all come together. We're one big family here. <laughs> Amen. Hopefully, everyone uh received a lesson. Uh, if you have, you can see Brother Weddway, but I'm pretty sure everyone has. There will be a few um, questions that you could fill in if you'd like. Amen. Okay. Alright, so uh, tonight we're going to be talking about repentance. Um, last week, Pastor was talking about the foundation and um, having a strong foundation and how to build on that foundation. And so, this lesson is titled, Building on the Foundation, Repentance. Um, and we'll see the, the necessity of repentance, how vital repentance is. Even if you're saved or you're unsaved, we, we need repentance continually, um, as, we'll, as we'll see here. Um, but that's kind of one of the building blocks, you could say, of building yourself up in God, getting strong in the Lord, and remaining strong. And so, we're just going to get right into it here. And so, this is the purpose Uh, of this lesson is to learn more about repentance. Um, We all have some experience with repentance, but hopefully we can learn some more. And then we'll also hopefully learn its role in God's plan for salvation, for our salvation. And so the focus of this lesson is mainly going to be the word repentance, um, just that particular word there, uh, not the various other forms of the word that are found in the Bible. Um, So this introduction here, uh, repentance is very broad. As I was studying for this, it's way broader than I thought it was. I thought, you know, it's a certain thing, but it is that too, but it's very broad. Um, But it's a fundamental principle of God's teaching. Um, And so this word repentance is found 26 times in the Bible. But there are also different variations that are found in the Bible. uh, As follows, the word repent, there's a lot of times that's in the Bible. Repented, repentest, repenteth, and repenting. And so series of lessons could be made on repentance itself in the various aspects of it. Um, But here we're just going to explore a summary of the topic and kind of hit some few uh, main points here and highlights of repentance. But it's kind of endless. You can go on and on and on. You can study repentance in the Old Testament, repentance in the New Testament, um, and just many different ways you can do it. And so on the next page of your notes, is going to be a list of all the references in the Bible of just that word repentance. There's 26 occurrences. And so this is going to be the foundation of our study tonight. Um, So you may want to keep your Bible open uh, throughout our lesson because we're going to read through several of them. And kind of as we do this, we're going to see kind of a trend that that is in the New Testament about repentance and kind of how it evolves from the Gospels to the book of Acts and then kind of on um, into the teaching of these various churches here. Like Romans and Corinthians, and so there—that's all the occurrences. As you see, there's only one occurrence of the word repentance in the Old Testament, but there are several occurrences of repent. And um, as we'll look into the definition of these words uh, in the Greek, a lot of these words are from the same word, uh, it's just translated differently. And so, so we're going to explore some of these verses along with Acts chapter two and verse thirty-eight uh, to learn more about repentance in this progression of its function through the New Testament uh, in particular. Like I said, you can study endlessly. You can study the, the Old Testament repentance, how God talks to the prophets to get the people to repent and turn back to him. And you can you could probably spend hours and days just doing that. Um, and so feel free after this lesson to go back and study these verses further in the topic of repentance as a whole. So, all right, so now we've gone through the introduction here. And so now we're kind of getting to the meat of the matter. And so there seems to be a trend throughout the Bible of repentance. Uh, and as we'll see, I was kind of say, basically repentance is turning away from our, our own sins and our own um, bad decisions or bad choices and turning to God. basically is leaving this world behind in our sins and turning to God. And so that trend is all throughout the Bible. It's all throughout the Bible, all the way from the Old Testament to the New Testament. And so, uh, but in the, in the New Testament, the most commonly used definition and translation in the Greek is this word uh, metanoi. Uh, it means by implication, a reversal of another's decision. So, like a change of your decision, a, a reversing of your decisions. Uh, and this word comes from a root word called uh, metanoio. And that means to think differently or afterwards, to reconsider, to change your mind, to change your thinking, to change how you think. And this second word is the word that is used, repent, in Acts chapter 2, verse 38. And so with these words, we can define repentance as changing how you think, changing your decisions and or direction to God's direction. That's basically what repentance is all about. You're changing how you think, how you see, um, and how you you decide to God. I'm following God now. I want to know what's God's ways. Uh, I live my life this way. I don't want this anymore. I live in the world. I don't want this anymore. Now I'm turning and I want God's ways. God, what is your design? What is your word? What is your plan? And that's what repentance is all about, is that changing to God, leaving and focusing, leaving things behind and focusing solely on God Almighty himself. So it's pretty basic. But we'll go through an overview here in the New Testament, kind of how it flows from John the Baptist to Jesus and then towards others. And I got to just give like, a, I guess, a, a, I guess a statement here. Um, these next lessons that are going to be coming are more foundational lessons. So as you'll probably see, it's pretty basic stuff. Some stuff we all know or know very well, frontwards, backwards, sideways. But it's still uh, very vital and important to learn. And there's always something, a little nuance we can learn about something we've even learned before. And so first we see that John the Baptist leads the way before God. should just say F-O-R, not F-O-R-E. Uh, Before God takes the lead. So John the Baptist prepares the way, you could say, the path for God to come. And then God comes to the earth, Jesus, God Almighty himself, and he uses this preparation, this starting point, this foundation that John sets about repentance. And then he continues to teach on it and trains us about it further. Then God leaves the earth and he leads this lead to his apostles, to his disciples, to those chosen souls uh, to lead the church in the beginning. And then those early church leaders were expected to carry on the work of God, of this repentance, and give the lead to those coming after him. And so with that, that's our whole purpose. We come into the church, we learn about God, we get saved, we connect with God, and then we teach somebody else. We show somebody else. And so we start here with John the Baptist as he prepares a way for the Savior, for God himself. In Matthew chapter 3, verse 1 and 2, it says, in those days, John the Baptist, he was preaching in the wilderness of Judea. What was he preaching? Repent. He's preaching repentance. Repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. This is the first preaching in the New Testament. Repentance. Not who God is, which is important, and those things are after, but it's repentance. Turn back to God. Turn your mind to God. Turn your thinking to God. Turn your emotions to God. Turn how you look at the world to God. Turn to him. He's the solution. He is the answer. He has all knowledge, all understanding. Turn to the Lord. Don't try to run away from him. Turn to him. He just wants to love you. He's not going to harm you. He wants to take care of us. That's the first message you hear is repentance. So here we see in the very beginning, this is extremely important. Uh, Hopefully this isn't too boring, but repentance is so vital, it's necessary. Um, And so we continue, we see in Matthew chapter 3, uh, verse 7 through 12. We kind of see John the Baptist uh, talking more about repentance. Um, So basically John the Baptist, he's preaching repent and he's baptizing people unto repentance. And then some Pharisees come and some Sadducees, uh, some uh, religious leaders of the time that... um, not too good things are said about them. They're pretty self-righteous. They think they're good and everyone is below them. And they like to get all the attention. So they'll go into the middle of the street and just start praying, you know. And so people can see that they're praying. And, oh, you're godly. You're praying. And all these people are watching. That's, that's not the purpose. Jesus even tells them, you're going to get your reward if you do that. You'll get the praises of men. So these, these uh, individuals come to John. They come to his baptism. And when John sees them, this is what he says. Oh, generation of vipers. That's kind of interesting. He says, Oh, generation of vipers, who hath warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bring therefore fruits, meat for repentance. That means bring things worthy for repentance. Bring things that are going to bring about repentance. And then he says, Think not to say within yourselves, We have Abraham to our father. For I say unto you that God is able of these stones to so raise up children unto Abraham. And now also the axe is laid unto the root of the trees. Therefore, every tree which bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down, and cast into the fire. Basically, John the Baptist is saying, What is your motive for coming here to get baptized? Why are you trying to get baptized? Did you repent? Are you serious? Are you sincere? What's going on here? So he's, he's kind of checking them and see. And then he goes on to say, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he that comes after me, which we know is God himself, Jesus, he's mightier than me, whose shoes I'm not even worthy to bear his shoes, and he's going to baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Whose fan is in his hand, and he will—he's gonna thoroughly purge his floor and gather his wheat into the garner, but he will burn up the chaff with unconscionable unquenchable fire. And so here, John the Baptist checks their motives. What is their purpose? Why were they coming to get baptized? Were they really trying to repent, or you know, just want to be shown at the at the hot spot? You know, all these people are coming here. The religious leaders, you know, like well, what what is their, what is their motive? God's concerned with our motives, and He already knows our motives. He knows if we're sincere or not. And I'll tell you, if you are sincere with God, always oh, wonderful things begin to happen just like that because he knows you're serious. You can see God was, uh, had to see if Abraham was serious. All right, Abraham, you waited for your promise. Now give me your promise. So I might be like, what? You want to take my – I waited how many years? Decades? I'm an old man. And I got to give you my promise. He was saying, what is your motive, Abraham? Are you serious? Are you sincere? And Abraham was sincere, you know. Uh, as He, he was going to offer his son. And God told him not to. And so with that, even repentance is is about being sincere. There's nothing to hide. There's nowhere to go. There's nowhere to hide from God. And we just let him know what happened. And I don't want this anymore, God. And so uh, here um, we'll just hit our first question. Why did God have pre- the preaching of repentance be the first thing that goes before him? Why did he choose repentance? He could have chose anything to preach. He could have said, Jesus is God. That could have been the first thing he preached. But no, he said, repentance is what I'm going to tell the people of the world first. So why did God choose that first? Anyone have any thoughts? Is this is Ron. Yeah. Yeah, Enos, yes, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anyone else? Why did God choose repentance of all things to be the first message that is spoken in New Testament? Anyone else? Yeah, Yes, those are good answers. Um, but yeah, even again, that's the first thing that God spoke. So, repentance is super and vital and important. And so, uh, we kind of continue. These other verses are just kind of uh, proving the point again that John baptized with repentance. Mark chapter one verse four. John did baptize in the wilderness and preached the baptism of repentance for the remission of sins. And then Matthew chapter three verse three, and he came into all the country about Jordan. Uh, preaching the baptism of repentance for remission of sins. So again, John came before God to preach about repentance. And then we see Jesus comes and he preaches about repentance too. Uh, he just picks up right where uh, John left off. In Matthew chapter 4, verse 17, it says, From that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, the same thing John said, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Leave the world, leave the sin, leave all the hate, leave all the bitterness, leave all that alone and turn to God, turn to the love, turn to the peace, turn to the deliverance, turn to the salvation. So that that's what that was all about. And so we see that Jesus picks up right where John uh, leaves off. And so here's a interesting question. Uh, We have some discussion here. Why does God want us to leave the world and our sins behind and follow him? Why does he? Why does he want us to do this? Is just some cool thing to do, or why does he want us to do this? Yes. Exactly. Yes. While well we got, while well we're here, while well we got time. So anyone else, why does God want us to leave? Leave all this behind? Because some people see it as it's not good. It's why am I giving up all this stuff? Uh ah. hmm Yep. Mm, take care of. Mhm. Yes. Mhm. Exactly. Mhm. Yes. Mhm. Yes. Hmm. Yes. Amen. Even if we don't like it, sometimes still the best. Yeah, our cold medicine. Woo. Some medicine tastes so disgusting, but it it fixes what is wrong. Amen. So that's what it's all about. God wants to restore us to Himself. We were never intended to live in a world of hate or pain or agony or sorrow or suffering. That was not God's design. God's design wasn't to have people murdering each other and destroying each other and this group hating that group and this group fighting it. That was never his design whatsoever. That's not his plan. So he wants to take us all out of that and be in a pure place, a wonderful place. And that's what heaven's all about. But repentance is that step of us reconnecting with God. And I'll even stop here. Even if you have repented initially and you've been born of the water of the Spirit, you still have to repent. We all still make mistakes. We all still have failures. So you turn again. God, I messed up. But, oh, Lord, forgive me, God. Cleanse me, Lord. I want to try again. Change my mind. Change my thinking. Change how I respond to that person or change what I did or change how I process this information to have this result. Help me, Lord. And that's what you can learn clearly from David. David failed many times, but he repented. He left where he was. He turned back to God. He messed up again. He turned back to God. That's what God's looking for. Are you going to turn back to God? And at the end of this lesson, we're going to have some time of prayer for repentance for ourselves, because sometimes we like to hide a little bit like Jonah. Uh, we maybe do something wrong or don't want to do what God says. And, you know, we think we're a OK. Well, we're not a OK. He knows. But he's very long suffering. He's very patient. He wants the best for us. He'll, he'll wait some time. But eventually we have to make a decision to come to a point where we have to decide. And so God's just looking, are you going to turn back to me? Yes, you messed up with what you said. Are you going to turn back to me? Yeah, you made a bad decision. Are you going to turn back? Are you going to get up? Or this person hurt you and wounded you? Are you going to turn back to me? Are you going to come to me again? This is what he's looking for. And so as we see in Matthew chapter 9 verse 10 through 13, uh we learn a little bit more of uh about repentance from God himself. And he kind of um continues this progression from John, and he kind of adds more things to it, explains it better. And it came to pass, as Jesus sat meat in the house, behold, many publicans and sinners came and sat down with him and his disciples. So you could say many uh, people that were not liked uh, by uh, people in, in, in you know, society, let's say, publicans, may look down upon and sinners, definitely by those who are or deemed religious, oh sinners are filthy. They're awful. They shouldn't you shouldn't even talk with them. You should even eat with them. But here's Jesus sitting right with people that are rejected and with sinners who are looked down upon very harshly. And when the Pharisees saw it, these religious leaders, they said, Hmm, sorry, wagging their finger, what is your master eat with these publicans and sinners? You're probably thinking to mind, what's wrong with him? If he was really God or really a prophet, he wouldn't do this. But then when Jesus heard that, he says unto them, basically saying, ah, you don't understand. Let me help you. Let me teach you. They that are whole need not a physician. If you think you're good, you don't need help. You think you're fine. You think you're good. You think you're secure. You're not going to listen to anybody. You're good. You're just going to keep continuing. But they that are sick, where you were you really hurting. You need to go to the hospital. You're going to go to the hospital. Uh, hopefully, you know, you have insurance or anything or have the money to pay for it, but you're going to go to the hospital. That bone is broken. I'm going to the hospital. And so, and he says, go and learn what that means. I will have mercy and not sacrifice. I did not come to call the righteous or the self-righteous to me, but sinners to repentance. I'm here to reach those souls that are hurting, that are wounded, that need escape, that need help, that, that want the help, that w- humble themselves from their pride and say, I don't have it all together. I, I don't have everything, you know, uh, where it should be. Or I have failures in my life and I need God. I I need repentance. I need to turn away from this stuff and go to God. So he's just trying to explain to them, You've got to repent. You've got to humble yourself. Yes, you're a religious leader, you think you're so wonderful and holy. You're still a sinner. And that's the thing that they just didn't see. They didn't see themselves as a sinner. They thought they were above all that. When really they were lowest of the low. Because they were they didn't even they were even in a sense worse than a sinner because they were a sinner that didn't want to accept who they were or what condition they were in, or what opportunity God had for them to turn that all around. And so we see again in Luke chapter 15, verse 7, God says, I say unto you that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repents, more than the ninety and nine just persons which don't need repentance. So here you see this, the importance of repentance. God is joyful when you turn back to God. All heaven rejoices when you turn back to him if you fail or make a mistake. Just turn back to God. Where else are we going to go? Where else are we going to go? We need our shepherd. He's the great shepherd. We just go back to him. You fell, get up again. You got hurt, go to God and get your healing. That's why he's the healer. That's why he's the leader. And so, again, this is what repentance is about. Is turning back to God, turning to him. And we should leave, e- even in a sense, a lifestyle of repentance, always turning back to God, always turning to him, always leaning on God, always trusting in God. And so again, we see in Luke chapter 24, verse 45 through 47, uh, again, Jesus is explaining more about repentance. Uh, Then he opened their understanding, his disciples, that they might understand the scriptures. And then he says unto them, it is written, uh, and thus it behooved Christ to suffer, or it means he needed to suffer, and to be raised from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. So, again, we see the importance. He's he's training his disciples before he's going to say, hey, I got to die and be raised from the dead, but repentance is going to be preached all over the world in remission of sins to every nation. But it's just going to start here at Jerusalem. And so God wants all of us to change our thinking. God wants us to change our thinking. Yes, Sister Marie? Hmm. Yeah. That's right hmm Yes. Exactly. Amen. That's a very good point. Again, God is saying, turn to me. Turn to me. Rely on me. And that's, that's again, what Apprentice is all about. And so this is going to be preached all over the world, all nations. And, again, God wants us to change our thinking, like Sister Brown was saying, to line up with his thinking. Imagine this. What is unity? We're all having the mind of God. We're all lined up with God's mind. We're all lined. Our hearts are all lined up with God's hearts. I feel how God feels. hundred people feel that way. Well, we going to see, We turn New Britain upside down. There wouldn't be a homeless person out there. There wouldn't be, you know, a lot of things would change because we're unified and aligned with God. And God is all powerful. And this is what God wants to do in the earth anyway, all, all over the world. And that's what he's looking for. Like I was saying before, he's looking for laborers. Will there be someone that will align their mind and leave their thinking and leave their, what they learn when they're younger and leave all that? And would they turn to me and my thinking? Would they look at uh, their enemies like I look at my enemies? Would they look at people that are put down and w- like I look at them? Would they, will their heart be like how my heart is, to love my enemies, to love all souls no matter what they look like or what they have done? And to forgive those that have hurt me, will, will someone turn to me and follow me and do those things? That's what repentance is all about, being like Jesus. Not being like me or being like any human being, but being like God. Like Paul said, you can follow me if I'm following God. If you see the fruits in my life, then you go right ahead. But if not, you, you got to find somebody. You go back to the word. Go to God himself. Stay with him. And so he wants us to change our thinking, to change our decisions. I'll be honest with you, sometimes I just make the wrong decision. I've done the research. I've done the planning. I made the decision, and it's just like, oh, I just failed. <laughs> it's just, this is bad. Or, like, a, I make a bad decision, and then, I the Terrible thing happens or huge ripple effect. This person's hurt. This person's hurt. I'm upset. I'm hurt. I'm like, oh, what is going on? But if I lined up my decisions and my thinking with God, all would be great. There would be peace. There would be truth. Uh, you know, good things would happen. And so God is looking for us to leave our life of sin. Now, most of us are already safe here. We're not just, you know, uh, sinning and saying, I'm going out here and doing this sin. And ha, ah, No, most of us aren't doing that. But God is looking to perfect us. He wants his complete light to shine through us, not just a little or some or 80%. He wants 100%. He says to walk in the spirit, capital S, walk in his spirit, walk in the love that I have for all souls. You can check yourself and see if you've accomplished that. If you can go, you know, to a homeless person or someone that has a bunch of tattoos everywhere. If you're just like, oh, you haven't quite reached it yet because God doesn't go, oh, God says, oh, you're just you're you're just the right person. I'm going to love you. Or you see someone that has a disability or something or has autism or something, they're not just like, I'm not talking with you. No, Jesus goes right to them. Oh, yes. Oh, my child, I love you. So you can kind of check yourself and see if there are uh, sins or things like that or if you've accomplished walking in the spirit, how you respond to people when you see them or how you talk with them or how you connect with them. Because with God, he doesn't respect any any persons. We're all the playing field, And so. Uh, That's is what he's looking for. So our apprentice helps us to leave all this stuff that we're not doing right and turn to God, and we can learn of Him and continue to follow Him and cut off these things. God even goes to a, a, a bigger extent where He says, if your right hand offends you, if you're doing, if it's stumbling you, it's in your way, cut that thing off. If you even if your eye, if your eye offends you, cut pluck that thing out your eye. It's better to have one eye to go to heaven than have two eyes and you know hit the escalator down. And so i to say, Alexi, go to hell, basically. And so trying to keep a little, a little humor, lighten everybody up. But God is very serious. And he, he's doing it because he loves us. He's saying, hey, don't think bad about yourself. I don't think bad about you. My thoughts concerning you are good. They're peaceful. It's expected in. Get lift up from that. And so he just wants us to change to have a wonderful life, a peaceful life, and to love ourselves, love God, and love other people all the time, not kind of situational love. Uh, I love you when it's Sunday morning, but you know Thursday, and I see you at the store. Oh, goodbye! <laughs> no, 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 no. So repentance helps us leave all that stuff alone. Leave that here. Turn to God. God help me. Forgive me, Lord. I gotta learn better. I gotta change. I wanna do what's right. And so we all need to change. And like I said here in bold, there will still be pain and still hurt as you're as you're turning from these things and going to God. You're still gonna face pain and hurt. But now we have God on our side and we have access to our savior. And so I put in Romans here, Romans 831. What shall we say to all these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? If you're struggling with something, if God is for you, that thing can't be against you. Repent. Turn to God. You failed. Turn to God. That thing can't be against you. It's not going to hold you and stop you. Unless you repent, and if you do, you turn back to God, focus on him, and start seeking him again. Oh, now you can overcome. Nothing can stop you. Nothing can get in your way. And so when we turn from sin and the world and change our posture toward God, then we can overcome all things. You can't do it in your own strength, your own intellect. Um, His verse says, not my might, or our power, but by God's spirit. By my spirit is going to happen. By my spirit, you know, things are going to come to pass. Do we play a role in that? Of course, because we're laboring with God, but it all starts with him. And so, in a sense, repentance is a great tool, a great key to overcome many things. I say even everything, because you're turning back to God. You're turning to the life source, to the power source, to the knowledge source, to the understanding source, to the source of everything. And so, here we see after Jesus dies and resurrects, uh, we see Jesus, um, he, he teaches his apostles. And then we're going to look and see what they continue to do about this repentance. And so uh, after Jesus ascends back into the heavens, he leaves it in the apostles' hand. Now it's your turn. You go and preach repentance. You go and show the people repentance of the world. Preach it to every every creature. Preach this gospel. And so they continue the work of Jesus on the earth. And that's what we're to do. We are to continue the work. And here we're going to see some examples of that in action. In Acts chapter 5, verse 29 and 32, then Peter and the other apostles answered and said, We ought to obey God rather than man. So basically, they are following God, and then some people didn't like them, these religious leaders, and they were saying, Oh, what is going on here? So, you know, try to bring them before a trial and see if they can throw him in jail or something, or what they would do with them. But then Peter and the apostles say, We ought to obey God rather than men. The God of our fathers raised up Jesus, whom you slew and hang on a tree. Him hath God exalted with his right hand to be a prince and a savior for to give repentance to Israel to finally give the opportunity and the space for Israel to finally turn it all around and come back to God. Like Sister Brown was saying in the Old Testament, the Jews, they will go to God. Oh, they fail. They leave them a little bit, and then they get into a bad spot. Oh, I'm going to turn now back to the Lord. I, I'm in a terrible, awful spot. Everything is broken. I lost everything. I got to turn back to God now. I went out of slavery, and then, oh, they get back to God. They repent, and then they stay here a little while, maybe get a little content. It's just what you were saying. Get a little comfortable. Oh, they fail again. Get right back. And then they say, oh, no, this is real bad. I got to turn and repent again, and, oh, I got to reach back to God. Oh, Lord, forgive me. Oh, help me. Get me out of this situation. And so here it's saying once and for all. God came to give repentance to the whole world. It started in Israel and Jerusalem. It's for the whole entire world. And here's what they are saying. they're saying. And they're saying, we're witnesses unto these things, and so is the also the Holy Ghost, whom God hath given to them that obey him. And then we're going to see here, which is wonderful uh, for many of us. I don't know if anyone here is of Jewish descent. Uh, maybe if you are, God bless you. If not, that's perfectly fine. Because like I said, it's open to everyone. But here we see that repentance was given to the Gentiles. Now, you've got to understand this. Jesus started with the Jews, one culture, one ethnicity, one group. He started with them. And then we see this man, Cornelius, that got saved. He was not of Jewish descent. And that was showing that, one, God's not respected persons. And, two, this is for everybody. This is for you and for your children and your grandchildren. So many as are far off. He as Lord, that God shall call, you know, in Acts chapter 2. And on and on. And so we might laugh and say, ah, ha, ha, because we're all Gentiles. We're all we're all not of Jewish descent. But this was a big deal. And as as you read the book of Acts, you see it was a big deal in their day. They had many discussions. They had uh, some people say a council there and they were trying to figure out what are we going to do with all these Gentiles are not Jews that are saved. What are we going to do with them? Do they keep the law? Do they not? And So this was a very um, important uh, event that took place. And uh, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but basically, this man is, is not a Jew. The first man to be saved is not a Jew. Everyone else was Jewish. You read the book of Acts, chapter 2, they were all Jews. They were there on a the holiday, the day of Pentecost. They were from all over the world. You see the different nations there, but they were all Jews. But this man, Cornelius, you can read in Acts chapter 11, 1 through 18, he was not a Jew. And that just opened up the floodgates. And then you get to Paul's time, and Paul's going to all these Gentile places that are non-Jews, and people are getting saved all over Europe, you know, and all around. And so I just want to put that there because repentance is for everybody. In our day, we could say repentance is for the disabled. Repentance is for any ethnicity. Repentance is for the young, the old, the middle-aged, whatever, however old you are. Repentance is for everyone. We all need to turn away from all this mess and turn to God. We all do. Well, then you do it continually. Then we see another example in Acts chapter 19, verse 1 through 5. Again, this is the apostles continuing what God taught them about repentance. And it came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus, and he found certain disciples. And he says unto them, Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? And they said unto him, We have not so much of heard whether there be a Holy Ghost. And he says unto them, Unto what then were you baptized? How are you baptized then? And they said, "John's baptism." Then Paul said, uh, "Yeah." Then said Paul, "John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying unto the people that they should believe on him, which should come after him, which is Jesus, which is on Christ Jesus." Then when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord. And so we see that John was baptizing people unto repentance, but Jesus gave more clarity, gave more information. He said, "Hey." This is going to be, you're going to be baptized in my name for the remission of your sins. You're going to repent, and then you get baptized, and then you can receive my spirit. So we, that's all I was saying in the beginning. It's kind of a progression here. John had to set the foundation. Jesus came himself, and he can carried it on, and he's God himself. He continued to explain more about it, and then he taught his apostles, and the apostles go and do the actions. And so... Uh, here we see the, the apostles and others that have believed God continue the work Jesus trained them and commanded them to do about repentance. So I said all that to say this, that John's baptism to repentance isn't the f- final baptism, isn't the fulfillment of God's complete word as we see here. Because Paul's asking them, you're baptized in John's r- baptism to repentance? That's very good. That was the foundation. That was a step. But now you need to get baptized in Jesus' name because that's when all your sins are washed away completely and entirely. And we get that information from God Almighty himself. And so here we just see, uh, like I was saying, this progression about repentance. And so, again, uh, one more. Uh, we see here in Acts chapter 26, verse 19 and 20, uh, we see Paul talking to a king. A great ruler of a nation, maybe, at this time. Uh, maybe, you say, a president or a prime minister, you know, in our day. And he says, Whereupon, O King Agrippa, I was not disobedient unto the heavenly vision, but showed first unto them of Damascus, and at Jerusalem, and all throughout all the coast of Judea, and then to the Gentiles, that they should repent and turn to God, and do works meet for repentance, that are acceptable for repentance. Like I was saying, sincerity. Uh, a desire to want to change for God, a desire to want to leave all this uh, behind, a desire for the truth, a desire for the love and the peace that is available, that's out there. Uh, I guess I'll give a little testament about my own self uh, with repentance. Uh, I came to the Lord when I was 19 years old, um, around 18 years or so. Uh, well, I guess back up my whole life. My dad wasn't there, so I was just kind of alone. Uh, Mom got divorced, got remarried, got divorced again. So I was like, "Whoo! all right, brokenness all over the place. I have sisters I've never met that are all over the United States. So you can kind of see, man, you got puzzle pieces all over the place. What's going on here? And so uh, there's a lot of rejection, a lot of hurt. Then I'm super skinny, so middle school wasn't good. High school is definitely not good. They're all big and strong and everything. I'm like, whoa, this is not good. So, you know, I get messed around or whatever, and I was very shy, introverted. So, you know, you kind of get the story. And so as I'm getting older, I'm trying to figure things out. Um, I learned, I noticed something. There's a lot of hate here on this earth. There's a lot of violence and just pain one to another for no good reason at all. Like, why are we doing this to each other? We can, we're smart enough to this. like, what's wrong with us? We got all the technology and everything. We're supposed to be so advanced, but we can't even get along with each other. This doesn't make any sense. So I knew, okay, darkness and badness, this is real. So I thought maybe good has to be out there if all this is going on. There's got to be at least a chance. And, you know, you see good things, people helping each other or, you know, doing charitable acts. So I said, oh, okay. So there is good here somewhere. It's very small. It's not that big, but it's still here. So anyway, um, then uh, after that, I'm like, okay. Uh, My collarbone gets broken and everything. So basically, long story short, I get to a place where I don't want this world anymore. I don't want the hate anymore. I don't want the bitterness anymore. I don't want the envy anymore, the jealousy. Like, that's all dumb. I don't want this ridiculousness. Why can't I have love? Why, why can't I have peace? Why can't we all have love? Why can't we all have peace? So I came to a point where I didn't want the world anymore. So I just saw all the badness that was in it, and it wasn't going to stop. It it's just getting worse and worse and faster and faster. And so I said, okay, enough of this. Enough of this. I'm tired of fear. I'm tired of depression. I'm tired of pain. Enough of all of this. There's got to be something else. So in a sense, you could say I was turning. I didn't know God at the time, but I was turning away from it all. And then that's all God needed to see. He said, okay, all right. And then he revealed a little bit about himself and a little more and a little more and a little more. And next thing you know, I knew who he was. I knew his name. I knew what I needed to do. That I had to repent. I had to come to him. And I had to be baptized, feel his Holy Ghost, and I had to keep living his word and let his light shine through me and not my own light. And so I reached a place where enough was enough. Enough was enough. And so even if you have already been saved, you, gotta, you might have to reach that place too. enough is enough. The way I'm living my life, enough is enough. No more of this. Uh, whatever it might be that you're dealing with or going through, sometimes I get a little lazy. I have to get to the place. Enough is enough. Can you worry being lazy? You don't got time left on this earth. You know how much time you got? What are you doing wasting time, man? Just leave Enough's got to be enough. And so, in a sense, that's what you have to do when you first come to Lord. You got to just leave everything behind. You've got to forsake all that. And go for God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul. Don't play around. Don't play any games. Just go for him. And that's what he's looking for, arms wide open. He says, oh, my child, here's the word. Here's truth. Here's knowledge. Here's wisdom. Here's understanding. Here's emotional healing. Here's mental healing. You know, he goes on and on and on. He fixes you right up. So that kind of goes in, uh, with this question here. Uh, so why might it be hard for some people to turn to God by repentance? Why might it be a little difficult? Yes. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. Some people feel like God can't forgive them or won't forgive them. They've done too bad or is too ugly or whatever it might be. That could be a hindrance for sure. Uh, anyone else? Why might it be hard for some people to turn to God by repenting? Yes, sir. I'll learn for sure. For sure, for sure. I was unlearned for 19 years. I didn't know anything. I wasn't trying to learn. <laughs> yes. Oh, I thought you had something. Okay. Uh, anyone else have an idea? Why it might it be hard for some people? Yes. Yes, not having enough faith. Not believing. It can happen for me? Is this real? Will it happen? Yes, brother Lou. That's one, too. That's a big one. Some things that like, we like to hold on to, even if it's bad, even if it hurts us, for whatever reason, we like to hold on to it. One example is pain. I've had pain. You know, my dad left when I was young. I'm like, man, where's my dad at? He ain't telling me how to throw a ball. I don't even know how to tie a tie. What's a suit? What's a car? I don't know anything. What? So a lot of anger. And, I, oh, it's mine, though. It's my pain. Yeah, my pain's better than your pain. You ain't, have, you ain't go through what I went through. It was real rough, but, you know, it's mine. What is that? That's that's ridiculous. Just release yourself. Let that go. So that is a very good point. Some people just don't want to let it go, good or bad. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Hmm. yep yeah exactly mhm mhm yeah you stuck. Mhm, oh extremely exactly mhm, yes. Yes, well, what should have been there. Hmm. Yes, I'll get you more, bro, Steve. Uh, oh, go ahead. You just go for it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Yep, yep. Amen. Yes. Amen. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Taste and see if the Lord is good. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. That's right. Amen. Freedom. God's not going to give you hurt. He just wants to help. That's it. And for me, it was hard because it was a whole new experience. I never really was showing signs of affection or hugs. That was pretty uh, non-existent in my household or, oh, I love you. No, nah, not nah, really. Break get some good grades. You better not mess around. That's pretty much all I got. And, you know, just hang on your room, do whatever. You know, I've got other stuff to do or whatever it might be. So it's kind of new. It's kind of a little scary. It's kind of uneasy. But just release it to God. That's why we're singing this song, Freedom. Oh, that's why sometimes I can't just clap my I got freedom now. I am finally free, completely free. That's what God wants for everybody. You see people so depressed, God wants them to be totally, completely free. But again, repentance is somebody going to turn to God and connect with his heart and then go and love that person so they can get reached as God reaches through you to that person. And so God just wants to completely love us and change us so we can go and help one another. And so as we continue to see uh, in Second Corinthians uh, 7, chapter 7, verse 8 through 10, Here we kind of see some teaching to specific churches and groups of people um, by the apostles. And so this is what Paul is saying here. For though I made you uh, sorry with a letter, I do not repent, though I did repent. So he's saying, I'm not sorry I sent you a sorry letter, but I did probably afterwards after I reflected. I said, I might not have done that. For I perceive that the same epistle made you sorry, that it were but for a season. Now I rejoice, but not that you were sorry made sorry, but that you sorrow to repentance, that it helped you turn back to God, that it helped you turn your life back around, that help you regain your focus on God. I rejoice in that. It may have been a little sorry, maybe not the best, but I'm glad you turned around. And then uh, he says that for you are made sorry after a godly matter, that you may receive damage by us and nothing. For godly sorrow worketh repentance to salvation, not to be repented of, but the sorrow of the world it tears you up it works death it doesn't stop it just gnaws at you so godly sorrow it helps us to repent when we do something wrong god humbly just shows us it helps us to repent like david i mean he knew he did wrong but maybe thought he was okay god was all right with it but god humbly showed him no david you did wrong david you stole you stole from this man the only thing that he had and once he saw that oh i gotta repent he had that godly sorrow, and he's crying out, God, forgive me. God, wash me. God, cleanse me. God, purge me. He was repenting. He was turning away from that, going back to God. Yes, it's wrong. Oh, not at all. <laughs> hmm hmm Yeah. There's nowhere to go. <laughs> mhm. Yes. Mhm. Mhm. Yes. Mhm, yes, that's our part, mhm, mhm, yes, mhm, yeah. what do we do? Mhm. Yes. Mhm. Yes. Man, and why hold on to it? I see some people, it looks like they're holding on to stuff for decades, for years. Why? You you could have been free. You could have been, woo, rejoicing. But you just holding on to it. Some people say it's like luggage, you know, just carrying it with you. Man, let that thing go. Release it. Cut it off. It's dead weight. It was bad? Yes. It was terrible? For sure. Is it painful? Woo, to the uttermost. I'm bleeding. I'm gushing out. But I've got an option out now. I've got a way out. And I can just turn to the Lord. I can seek him. I can keep seeking him through it all. And sure enough, I can be made whole, made complete. And so we don't have to hold it on any longer. There's no point. It's just painful. So we might as well just let it go. And sometimes it is painful because you have to kind of, in a sense, relive it. You got to bring it back up because you didn't deal with it before, so now you got to deal with it now. And now it's looking real ugly. It's all, you know, pussed out, looking bloody. It's like, ooh, it's looking nasty. But you just got to clean it. That's all right. Take care of it. You know, you no, know, keep an eye on it and it will get healed. But you got You got to deal with it because you've let it go so far that now it's really bad. But it's all right. If it needs some pain for me to get freedom, I'll take the pain. If it needs a little hurt for me like this, people that are sorry for me to have my breakthrough, for me to have complete freedom and rejoice. All oh, just let it happen. Because I'm tired of being where I am. I'm tired of feeling this or going through this or thinking this. Enough is enough. I'm just going to turn to the Lord and just forget and leave this stuff behind. That's what Paul said. He said, This one thing I do. I forget all this stuff that's behind. I know it's bad. I got the hurts. I got the scars on my back. But I leave all that behind. It's not going to help me. And I reach for the Lord. I turn to him and I just keep reaching. Oh, I got hurt again? That's all right, Jesus. I'm going to keep reaching. Oh, they say this thing to me again? I'm still reaching for God. I'm not going to stop. I'm not going to quit. And you can get through all of it because with him, anything is possible. And he's on your side and he's your strength. He's, he's the one you can lean on. You can trust in him. He's never going to leave you or forsake you. And I could just go on and on and on about the word of God. So we have an option to overcome. And God's just saying, please take the option. I want you to love people like I want you to love people and how you even want to maybe yourself. Just let it go. Just release it to me. Just repent. Just leave it here and turn to me. I will fix everything. I will take care of it. It may not happen as fast as you may want, but it will happen. You just keep going day after day, day after day, night after night. God may try to take away your promise, so to speak. He may try to test you to see if you're really serious. and You just go through that test. Yeah, I'm serious, Lord. I'm not going to stop. Why am I going to stop? There's no other option. There's nowhere else for me to go but to you. And so, again, uh, we see here with Second, with Second Timothy, uh, is Paul, you know, writing to this young minister or this young man, his young disciple. He, and he says, flee also, also youthful lusts, but follow righteousness. Follow what's right, Timothy. Follow faith and charity or love and peace within that call on the name of the Lord out of a pure heart. But foolish and unlearned questions, leave, them, leave those things alone. That's the cross translation. But, you know, avoid those things. Get away from it. it is wasting your time to stop it. Knowing that they gender strife, it's just going to make you mad. Just leave it. It's pointless. And the servant of the Lord must not strive, but be a gentle unto all men and women, apt to teach patient a in meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves. If God peradventure but give them repentance to the acknowledgement of the truth and that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil. Who are taken captive by him at his will. And so repentance is a tool for us to get back on track with our focus and relationship with God. And we need this 24 7, 365, because this world is no joke. It's not that easy, it's very intense. It seems it's getting stronger and stronger. For the more, we gotta keep reaching God more and more and more consistently and more stronger with more passion, with more burden, and we will overcome. And then we see here in Hebrews chapter six, verse one and two. Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on unto perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God of the doctrine of baptism and of laying on of hands and of resurrection of the dead and of internal judgment. So here we learn a lot of things. Paul saying this repentance, that's a foundation. This is a, a principle teaching of God. It's to lay, uh, lay those dead works aside. Leave those things alone. Something's hindering you from praying with God, leave it. Cut it off. That's what it's saying. Cut that right hand off. Pluck that eye out. What? Is that thing more important? Definitely not. My soul, my, the peace that I need, the fear I need to get away, the, the anxiety that needs to leave me, is, that's far more important than whatever this thing is that's trying to trip me up. Um, so we got to just cut off all these dead works. What's interesting is that God is doing that already for us because he's trying to prune us. He's trying to cut off everything that's not bearing fruit. Um, and so we can grow fruit and be to the glory of God. We can obtain that place where we're walking in his spirit, purely following his will, purely accomplishing his word and his task, living the Bible, saying what God would say, thinking what God would think. And I'll say this. It seems like a very high bar, which it is because it's God himself. But God said, I've given you an option where you can obtain this goal because I'm going to be in you and I'm going to train you. I'm going to show you how you need to move, how you need to speak, how you need to think. And you can make it. You could obtain the goal. Look at Paul. Paul said, oh, I'm done now. I'm an old man. I've finished my course. I fought the good fight. I've been faithful. You know, I've done all these things and now I'm ready to go. Now there's going to be a crown laid up for me for fighting this good fight. And we all can reach that crown. it's not just for one great apostle, it's for every single disciple of God. It's open for everyone, for all of us. And so uh, as we're coming to a close here, um, and then we're going to have a little bit of time of prayer here, Second Peter chapter three, verse nine. "The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness. God is going to back up what He says." Now I may fail sometimes to back up what I say. Uh, maybe I, I take too much on my plate, or I completely forgot about it, or I'm so stressed out about something else that I don't have time, or, you know, on and on and on. You kind of get the picture. Mankind sometimes lies to one another, and guys, we're not supposed to lie, but sometimes we have good intentions, you know, but we just forget or it doesn't happen. Here, Peter saying God's not like that. He backs up his promise on 100%. And he's long suffering to us, not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. He wants all of us to turn from the the sin and darkness and all the pain and everything and to turn to him. He wants everyone. He doesn't care who it is, who you are, saved, unsaved. If this is the 100,000th time you've repented and had turned to God, let it be the 100,000th and one time. Just go ahead and do it again until he returns, until he comes. Because this place isn't our home. We're not staying here forever. So leave that pain here on earth. Leave that anxiety on the earth. Leave that fear on the earth. Leave that hurt here. Just leave it. We're not, we're not going to stay here anyway. So let's just leave it aside and move forward with the Lord and be strong in him. And so God came to save us and to redeem our relationship with him. Well, we've got to repent. We've got to change our direction, our decisions, and our thinkings and align with God. That's the whole purpose of being a, a Christian, a Christ follower, align with God. My thinking is not aligned with God? I'll leave this here. You stay there? Okay, God, what is your mind so I can line up with your mind? And that goes for every area of our lives, and so uh, with that, we all have things that we need to change, so now we 're going to spend a little bit of time uh, at least five minutes is eight forty nine so we really got ten minutes if you like and let 's take some time with God repenting. Now, we all have things that we need to change, so we all have stuff we need to repent about, and it 's just about being closer to God, being closer to love, being closer to peace, being closer to comfort. if you 've got some pain, repent about that pain, let it go. If somebody hurts you, forgive that person. It's not helping you. It's driving you crazy. Leave it. Just let it go. And turn to the one that's your healer. Turn to the one that's your deliverer. Turn to the one that is your provider. And it's possible. Whatever you're going through, it's possible to change because God is almighty. God could do all things. Have faith. Believe in him. And it's going to happen. It's just a matter of time. And so with that, let's all just take some time and pray. You can stay in the seat if you'd like. You can come to the front area if you'd like. You can walk around if you'd like to walk and pray. But let's just spend some time repenting to the Lord, asking for forgiveness of things that we have done we know are wrong, things he's talking to us about to change, and we're struggling with it. He just wants to help us. He wants us to actually uh, make those changes. He wants us to be pure. He wants us to be righteous. So let's take it seriously. Let's just not take this casual. As we see, repentance is so vitally important and necessary, and it's a tool to turn us back, to make us uh, more purified with God. So I know it's a little different than a a regular lesson, but I think each lesson should have a time connecting with God, praying, or uh, doing something to connect with the Lord, not just go home and bring a piece of paper with us, throw it in the trash. No, let's spend some time connecting with the Lord. So we're going to take a few moments, then I'll come back and we'll close it up. Uh, you can be as loud as you like, as quiet as you like, but please be serious. Be honest with the Lord. Just let him know what's going on. He's here to help us, and he's given us this moment in particular to take this step. So let's all pray for a little while.